Alright everyone, welcome back to Fruitball Weekly. This week we are taking a more heartfelt, emotional route filled with love, sadness and skyfish as we are talking about weathering with you and a silent voice. I'm your host Ramra and I'm joined by my co-host Kitchen. Hello there. Before we start, this is going to be filled with spoilers for random parts of the film. Uh, maybe even all of it. So what I would definitely recommend is going seeing these two brilliant films because they are both exceptionally good and I would rather you experience these films before you watch the rest of this review or this discussion. That is the spoiler warning out the way with and I think we'll start with Weathering With You or its more appropriate title, Tenki No Ko or Weather Child or Child of the Weather, whichever translation that is. The uh, Weathering With You title is a terrible name for the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> I bad. Don't, I don't know what sort of pun or joke they were going with, but it, it didn't capture me. I didn't I didn't know anything about the movie by the no. title. It doesn't even really make sense, to be fair. No, it doesn't. I mean, changing the weather with you might be a more apt title, but just the words weathering with you. Weathering it's, makes it's, no it's, sense. It makes no sense. Like, withering with you. Okay, we'll grow <laughs> old and die together, but okay. It's, it's like, oh no. But just to sort of spit a few short stats for this film. So it's made by Comics Wave Films. They've made the previous hit film, Your Name. They made Garden of Words and 5 centimeter per second. Um, It was released July uh, 2019, so it's a film that was quite recent. And it gained a total of 193 million, I believe, on its box office opening. So it did quite well in terms of an actual um, anime film that isn't a part of like a big chain. Because most of the big chain type anime films make a lot anyway, just because of the brands that they're attached to. Yeah, they do. And um, I think this is a good competitor to Your Name, which was the previous big release from the same director. So, weathering with you, just to get the main thing out of the way, is that it's about... So there's a kid that's run away from home. I can't remember if we get the exact reason. I think it might just be that he like hates his parents, or they got into a fight, or he hates school... He runs away all the way to Tokyo. I can't remember what the main town he's from is. And he basically encounters this girl who has the magical power to basically stop it from raining and allow sun to shine for that specific sort of area that she's in. And they go on this whole adventure and most of the romance is kind of heavily tacked on along with that theme. So, like, they immediately meet. And it's that sort of thing where they both immediately fall in love just by meeting eyes. He finds out that she's got the power. They go on a whole adventure that involves, like, police and stuff. And at the end, they sort of end up together. And that is honestly really the main plot. There's a few side things that happen. The main antagonist, I would say, is the gun that the kid picks up. <laughs> I-, I thought the main antagonist was the kid himself. He- There's a series of bad decisions from the get-go. Pretty much. I mean, it's either it's either the gun or it's the kid. Because we don't know why he runs away. The only reason he even encounters half the shit he has to go through is just because he picks up this fucking gun that he bumps into magically, or coincidentally. Hmm. And then everything just goes on from there. Yeah, I think I think in general the movie is trying to say that humans in general are the bad guys. Yeah. That's the sort of feeling I got 
from the uh, the entire story as a whole. The romance was second to the message that humans have ruined the planet. Pretty much. Um, some some sort of uh, there was some there was a tiny part in the movie of a uh, global like, warming denier, like, uh... um, where the the old dude was like, you know, the people are saying this is the worst weather we've had on record, and the old dude's like, on record? When did they start keeping records? Only hundreds of years ago. <laughs> um, and that's a similar thing that is spouted today by um, global warming, climate change deniers. Yeah. Where it's only the hottest on record doesn't mean it's been the hottest ever. Well, the Earth was a massive magma ball <laughs> millions point. of years ago, and that was probably <laughs> yeah. a lot hotter than it is now. But that doesn't affect the life on the Earth because that didn't exist then. Yeah. Going back to the the beginning when they first introduced the characters, um, the the main protagonist Coon Man, um, yes. while running away, there's a very on the nose reference to the Catcher in the Rye. And that's, uh, that sort of sets the scene of the adolescent running away from his parents where the adult life is superficial and bad. Yeah. And they, they do in, I think it's on two or three scenes at the beginning, <clears throat> show the main character running away with this book alongside him. So the eagle-eyed people who know of the Catcher in the Rye probably have picked up on that reference fairly soon. And um, our introduction to the main female protagonist, the heroine of this story, I don't recall if you see her at the hospital at the beginning, but I do remember seeing her praying while walking through the temple, and there's a really well-made animation of the skyfish as she's granted her powers at the beginning. That's the highlight of this film. The skyfish. The animation. <laughs> oh, the, the skyfish. The, sky, the skyfish specifically. Like, the animation. I mean, it's it's made by a relatively big company that's known for making beautiful films to begin with. So if you don't go into this film expecting like beautiful art and really well like choreographed shots and stuff like that then honestly you'll probably be in for an even bigger shock than I was since I don't usually watch <laughs> romance type of films to begin with but the inclusion of the skyfish immediately implements that sort of supernatural element which kind of hooked me more than whatever this romance plot was supposed to happen with yeah, and I and I really loved the fact that it is sort of translucent, just to picture sort of like the way that they might be mixed with sort of like rain, as well as whatever the spiritualism from their realm or whatever that is, and like the you get to see like this giant puddle that's like floating in the air at some point, and you hear like sky whales, although I'm sure you I don't think you actually see any sky whales, <laughs> which I think is a missed opportunity to begin with, if I'm honest. Like, if you're going to have sky fish, you may as well stick a sky whale in there just to even out that point. There was there was a sky dragon. Oh, my God. There was, yeah, there was. a very large fish slash dragon at one point. And I, I think that's what was making the weird whale noise. Because I'm like, unless all those fishes are banding together, there's no way they're making that noise. Yeah. <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the animation in this movie is impeccable. It really is. I cannot, I cannot stress enough how great this animation is for the, uh, for this movie, for Weathering With You. But I, there are a few parts where it does compare to its previous movies Yeah. Uh, by the same company. Uh, Garden of Words, for example, is a, another movie which heavily relies on rain and weather as a theme. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, I, I do believe I, I, there were a couple of shots that were very similar of the rain um, to Garden of Words inside Weathering With You. But I believe Garden of Words did the rain effect and the sort of atmosphere ambience of the rain better. Ah, uh, okay. So they probably just capitalised from that film as well. Like, maybe just sort of used those effects from that in this. Yeah, I, I, well, they're not the exact, the exact same effects. They are completely new and redrawn. Yeah. They're completely new. 
Um, but there there are similar shots of the rain shown uh, in both okay. movies. And Garden of Words, while this isn't about Garden of, Garden of Words really, as a comparison, they did the rain effect better uh, okay. than Weathering With You. And that is insane considering how great this movie looks. Yeah, like uh, there's that scene where she's using her powers on top of that like hotel or the skyscraper ready for like some VIP or some helicopter to come down. And then it does that sort of great backwards aerial shot in which when she's praying the sort of clouds part and the sun comes through and you just get to see all the sort of like solar flares or uh, lens flares effects on there as well you get to see sort of all the rain dissipate and all the buildings start to highlight and get all sort of vibrant and it and i think it really does that well of sort of changing it It from being sort of dull and dim and a lot of greys and sort of like what you actually expect a city to look like and the next thing you know because she's using her powers to bring the sun out it's all colourful and vibrant and there's a bunch of like different mixes of colours and sometimes the rain stays a little bit so you get that sort of vi- that bright vibrant rain effect that's yeah it's, it's really good yeah the, the use of colour to really set the scene and um, captivate and show emotion um, to the audience I think is really well done as well. Yeah, really effective. It is very effective, yeah. It sort of plays heavily into the fact that it is a bit more style over substance. I can agree with that. In what I would say when watching, just because there's obviously just a bunch of shit that happens circumstantial. Like, we mentioned the gun (laughs) at the beginning. It's literally within, like, the first ten minutes of the film or something like that. He bumps into a trash can and finds a gun, and instead of just leaving it there, he takes it with him like a psychopath, so... (laughs) Well, he didn't realise it was a gun at first. But rummaging through the trash he was thrown into and finding a random brown package in the trash, anyone in their right mind would take that and put it in their pocket, right? Oh, of course. Any sane human being would. Yeah, any weird, heavy brown packages at the bottom of a bin. Especially if it feels like a gun. I'm going to take it. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, the movie is, the way I would describe it, is a series of implausible coincidences. Yeah. And the more you watch it, the less you can become invested and relate to the characters on a personal level, which really pulls away from the romance story and makes it much more of a fantasy story. The realism's still kind of there. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I get angry, I always call lightning bolts from the sky to blow up my enemies. I always do that. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but... Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have Thor on speed dial, so I can't do that. Ah, see, that's where you're missing out. You gotta gotta get those gods on speed dial, like she did. Except the god that she got, in my opinion, or the spiritual being or whatever, is a huge dick. (laughs) It's true. Because, I mean, so she's sat at the hospital because her, like, mum's dying or whatever. And then, next thing you know, there's a bit of rain, there's a bit of sunlight. So she goes to the temple thing the sort of uh, shrine gate i can't remember what its name is mm-hmm. and then she goes through and this spiritual thing or whatever this realm this god whatever gives her the powers goes so i found you being sad i'll give you the ability to make it sunshine or whatever but i'm also going to make it so that it slowly kills you and i'm going to make it so that it's constantly raining so you have to use your powers so that you eventually die and i'm like look no <laughs> It's, it's almost like a, a devil's bargain. Pretty much. I mean, all she wanted. It, it did cost her her soul <laughs> yeah. in order to have a sunny day for once for her dying mother. 
And it's like, wow. Um, wouldn't have taken it, to be fair. I mean, I guess in a way I can kind of see why she would. Because I'm sure, yeah. you know, with the fact that her mum's dying or whatever, it would be good for to at least see sunlight or whatever for before she dies. But I can't remember in the film if she dies before that even happens in the first place, or if she's just sort of asleep or whatever. Because I don't know why, but I'm feeling like she does. I don't think they show it. Right, okay. I don't think they show the result yeah. of that. Yeah, they 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 show the they show the heroine talking with her mother or holding her mother's hand on her deathbed. It was essentially in hospital. So yeah, the um, mother does end up dying um, after she does get her powers again. I don't think it's clarified very well or at all if she does get to actually see the sunlight or the rain or whatever when she dies. But to be fair, it's just there to service the point of having the main female lead and her emotional background. That's really all that's there to service. Um, to be fair, a lot of these characters, honestly, it, it feels like it's trying to portray the whole, you know, adults are shit or whatever, but I honestly feel like it's the opposite. I feel like the kids remo- ran away from home, which means he's removed his only source of protection, or his income, or like the only people who are giving him like good, like a warm roof over his head, food, and he's just having some sort of pout. Then he ends up going to all these hotels or whatever, and the hotels are basically being like, look, you seem way too young to be here. Unless you have ID, I can't give you a room. The only person who seems to give him anything is the person who gives him like 20 minutes in the manga shop shower or whatever that is. I'm like, that's a bit weird. Yeah, but... <laughs> that was weird. But that's I think I think that's a cultural thing. Yeah, we shouldn't pay that too much mind. The whole student ID thing for taking out hotels for runaways—that's a very cultural thing as well. I don't think people in England would care. No, probably not. They would probably report children by themselves to the police, but they wouldn't refuse them a room because it's better to give a runaway a roof over their head if they're paying, and then call the police and to abandon them on the street because they should feel shame. Yeah, that plus <laughs> that's clearly the worst out of those two options because no Mm -hmm. matter how heartless you should be you still want to at least either get these people to either safety or if you're a hungry money mogul you at least want the extra cash whether they're young or not so it's like the way the sort of hotel and the, the job things I'll excuse a little bit because even jobs want like good grades or documentation or at least school IDs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I feel like a lot of the other characters except for the main male lead are actually kind of okay. They just live to show like, you know, there's a one niece character that just wants to get another job. There's the sort of older male character that's in this that owns like a rundown newspaper. He's just trying to get by his day to day. That depressing guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's also got the whole uh, daughter backstory and trying to get like custody of her or trying to make it so that he's healthier so he can be around her sort of thing. It's just, I don't know, I just feel like the actual children in this film are the only source of their problems. Yeah, I I feel a similar way about the children being the source of their own problems. But I I do feel a bit differently about the characters, especially the main cast. Now, the background characters, like you were saying about the the hotel staff, those are all very cliche and standard and normative uh, in their writing. And that same character makes an appearance in many other works because it is just the way things are. Of course. Um, But the, the main 
cast, the main crew of what was it, two children or three children and about four or five adults. Yeah. Um, they to me feel less like characters and more like caricatures as if rather than a real personality the personality is defined only by their actions and their appearance for example what can you tell me about the girl the jobless girl besides the fact that her character is defined by the fact that she's looking for a job and can't get one what else? I could tell you that she's introduced with a booby joke. There we go. She's it's all physical stuff. There's no there's no real personality built into the character. The only one who really gets any sort of personality I find is the 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 male adult who takes him in. Yeah. But that's minimal, and he he goes back on a lot of actions, um, especially considering it feels like he's warming up to the the male lead, the the young boy. Thinking, it, thinking of him as himself because the old dude used to be a runaway and then he even cries for a bit when he realises he's getting in trouble. Yeah. But then when he meets the boy, he does a complete 180, grabs him and tries to turn him in. Yeah, that's true. So that, that, that further reinforces my idea that the adults are the bad guys in this and that the story itself may be more of a, a coming of age, children growing up and finding their own place. Catcher of the Rye, blah, blah, blah. Team running off by himself, away from all the adults, trying to make ends meet, realising that adult life is actually really troublesome and hard, but trying to fight through it. And I, I feel like the movie itself is uh, prioritising that audience. Yeah. And that's why they show many unrealistic scenarios, like the weird gun crap, the the supernatural powers, the fact that the girl was lying when she said she was 18 and was actually 15. Oh, we've all been there. Um... <laughs> 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 um but yeah, I, I, really, I really feel like the, the story was second to throwing out all of these ideologies and then it didn't focus on the characters much at all, more so the supernatural element and making things sort of fit. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree to a sense. It's just, I feel like the main male lead has a bit more justification just because he wants the sort of police on his good side due to almost gaining custody of his daughter. And I feel like any sort of dad character would sort of sway more towards, you know, their own blood relative than this sort of random stray that you just felt a little connected to. But at the end, he still does another flip anyway and ends up helping him again anyway. It's the, yep. it's the second flip that I didn't like. It's very flip-floppy. He was very flip-floppy. Because I felt that if he would have just stuck to his guns and did the whole, no, I'm gonna help catch you with the police because I don't want them to ruin my chance of actually being able to be with my daughter would have strengthened his character yeah. way more than just being like, never mind, I want you to also be with this girl you just met and ruin my entire life and perhaps ruin my chance with my daughter again. He also, having probably seen the TV, um, the news, the newsreel of the girl changing the weather and working for, even though he doesn't believe in it, a magazine which writes articles on the supernatural, he is shown time and time again to not believe a single thing that's happening and not believe the children in this situation. Yeah. And that once again further reinforces that the adults are playing an antagonistic role in this story. Yeah. I mean, it certainly does uh, play a part. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that they do show a lot of these adult type characters to be the like the enemy or sort of like the bad guys in this mm -hmm. but i feel like in a way they also portray most of them just sort of living their lives and the only reason yeah. both the kids and the adults lives have gone tits up is just because of the stupid 
fucking choices that the main character has made, which has led yeah. to all this shit to chase the rest of them. Yeah, it, he does bring a lot of it down on himself. He is the hump in the plot there, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's the worst. Yeah, he is the plot device. <laughs> he is indeed. But then again, in terms of story, like you said, coming secondary, I mean, I'm sure when your film is probably funded mostly by advertisements, it makes sense. McDonald's. <laughs> It's, they're everywhere. Not just McDonald's, but the adverts uh, come in very plentiful in terms of this, or the advertisements anyway. But the McDonald's one is... I can't remember exactly how long it goes on for, but it is a while. Approximately 1 minute and 40 seconds with a small cut in the middle, which I haven't counted. And it's not just a guy eating in a McDonald's. It is used as a, as a significant turning point in the plot, where the ma- where they protagoon meets the heroine for the first time and she buys him a big mac oh the big mac of love and not only does she buy him a big mac it is the best darn food he's ever tasted <laughs> and it's so the big mac is so plump and juicy that once you lift over the open the lid of the box it just gets bigger <laughs> there are there are um catchphrases thrown all around the place even the weird mcdonald's trash art that's usually on the walls is there but that's not even the first instance it's the biggest instance of just criminal selling out that is in this movie product placement but the very very beginning and it makes many appearances the very beginning opens with the uh, the kid on the phone looking for part-time work on yahoo answers <laughs> using a oh, softbank nice. mobile phone oh uh, that's where they definitely got the money for making this film it has to be because so many names are thrown out all over this. Like, I'm pretty sure, um, I believe you told me that there was, like, a dating website or something, or, like, a really obscure website that was also thrown in there. Quite a lot. Of, there was lots of really obscure things. The product placement is nigh uncountable in this movie. I wanted to go back and count them, and I just refused to do it after the just first 20, 30 it. minutes. It was ridiculous. When they're looking for hotels, there are many different resorts and hotels that are shown. Even Hotel Waddledor. <laughs> Za Waddledor Hotel. <laughs> Za Waddledor! <laughs> um, Kumamon makes a nice appearance. I, I like Kumamon. He can stay. He's not so much a product placement, but a mascot for a product or for a prefecture. The one exception. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, pro- the product placement is criminal in this movie. And I, I like to believe that since this was, was, was the director's biggest movie or newest movie after your name which was a massive hit and is still number one today yeah i think they were literally capitalizing on it with a similar themed movie obviously not the same but a similar theme movie and getting as many companies as they could on board because people are gonna watch it because as the same director and the same studio as your name and it's the first movie after the release of your name to have that so their their bargaining chip is the number of people who are going to watch the movie based on the previous amazing movie which it was <laughs> it was yeah. great uh, it just it feels it sullies the movie i feel the art's beautiful the characters are fun but like i said the caricatures it's stereotypes the, the, the biggest problem for me is the product placement yeah they, they didn't need all those products to try and create a realistic looking world work donald's does a good job of that not to mention that at least most films are at least subtle or at least try to be oh this was on the night oh my god it wasn't. It wasn't subtle at all. No, this is it. So it's a disgrace, honestly. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, the lack of true character and the 
sheer product placement, the, the vast quantity, a little bit would be fine, but the vast quantity of product placement in the movie is really what dragged it down for me. Yeah. It was a fun movie. I'm not going to deny it. it was an amazing movie to watch. Visually appealing, story was great, it had some good tense moments, even they were unrealistic and not made for my, uh, I don't know. What... Demographic. Demographic, thank you. It was still enjoyable. Yeah. But there were a lot of bits that let it down. I really enjoyed the film, and honestly, the advertisements I laughed at more than sort of impacted my visual viewing. Like, I'm not going to lie, that may have been an advert for McDonald's, but the way they detailed that Big Mac kind of makes me wish that we had their McDonald's rather than the ones we currently have. They, they spent more effort in the art for that McDonald's scene than I think they spent on any other individual scene bar the opening sequence. And you know what? So they should. No. You know what? No. Big Mac. Big Macs deserve that treatment. Nope. <laughs> but I, uh, I do agree with a, a lot of it though. Like it sort of turns into an action movie halfway through, which I enjoyed because I'm a big dumb explosion boy, so I don't mind having a randomly thrown explosion scene thrown in there. Yeah, I'm cool with action as well. The supernatural bit hooked me, even though by the end of it I was kind of bored a little bit, mm. just because I felt like. For for instance, the McDonald's scene, even though I said that that Big Mac is the best, they could have still bumped into each other on the street. There was no need to have the McDonald's scene. Absolutely zero. It made zero sense to have it last that long as well. Yeah, like the the it would not have changed the film in any way if no. they just had him bump into her on the street. There's the end bit, like there's like a whole 20 minutes or something like that. It might be shorter, but it felt like 20 minutes. It felt a long time. Of them like riding a moped or a bike, then he jumps off and starts running across the tracks in which we then get, for some reason, a, a fucking ludicrous backflash of literally everything we've just watched. Yeah. And then it ends up going on way too long of the will he, won't he shoot the main guy. And it just, by the end of the film, I felt like they rushed the conclusion but took way too long to get there. Yeah, it was, it was unwanted tension near the end there. It wasn't needed to further the story. It was just thrown in as something extra. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. There was no real thought. It was just, we need an ending. Let's go back to the gun, which there was foreshadowing of him throwing away the gun in that building. Yeah. And then not returning to that building until the final sequence where he rediscovers that gun. I thought that was nice, um, but no. And and and, the, and there is the part where he outruns, this 15-year-old boy outruns a fit-as-anything police officer and gains distance somehow. It's like, that's, that's not going to happen. No. Especially when, like... All the cops when he's running out, like all the additional cops, just stand there like, oh, he's clearly shouting to stop the kid, but I'm not going to do anything. It bugged me the most that all the male cops ran after him and tried like aggressively chasing after him. And the one female cop I saw turned around, looked in surprised and recoiled slightly like, oh my God, what's happening? Why? Why didn't she give chase? To be fair, they also showed the other, the either the same female cop or a different one, also getting outwitted by a child. <laughs> so yeah, because because adults are dumb and kids are the best. And cross dressing is apparently the easiest way to escape any holding cell. Yeah, we didn't really talk much about Playboy Boy, did we? But I don't think much needs to be said. <laughs> no, that is his character. Yeah. This kid who's literally half my age is way more of a player than me. And honestly, that is his character. Calling him Sensei was good. I did enjoy that. Uh, I wasn't a big fan. But... The, um, 
the the ending was uh, unexpected, to say the least. The ending was the best bit, and no, not just because the film ended. It's just that took such a a turn that I definitely didn't expect. Yeah. Obviously, when I went into this and hearing that it's sort of apparently more skewed to the romance category, which I think is definitely bullshit, but yeah. whatever. It's definitely a B or C plot, the romance. Yeah. The the main plot is literally the skyfish are nature and humans change nature and the skyfish are seeking to return things back to normal. Oh, yeah. That's how I see it, sort of nature reclaiming the land. They even state that very clearly at the end, once the uh, the world floods... Becomes water world, yeah. of course. Well, Tokyo, Japan floods. And then um, the boy feels responsible because he saved the girl from being a sacrifice to return things back to summer. And then one of the old ladies they met previously says, well, hundreds of years ago, this is how Tokyo was before man took over and changed the land. And this is probably in reference <laughs> to them having maidens that they then sacrificed for the weather, changing nature artificially. Um, and it's just a, a big nod to how humans should keep the environment as it is and let nature reclaim which is kind of happening right now with covid i mean in a way i guess they called it (laughs) (laughs) but also at the same time no like this might be one of the biggest things that really niggled me with this is that nobody in this film actually kind of gave a shit throughout any of it yeah and what i mean by that is that when it starts to flood uh, before she turns into whatever goo pile she turns into. <laughs> Everything's slowly, like, snowing and it's getting colder, and the most people are doing is a brisk walk to get away. <laughs> it starts to rain a bit heavier, and everyone's just like, oh, well, I'm inside, so I'm fine now, even though the streets are actually flooding. So they've started to sink, and nobody gives a shit. Yep. And then by the end of it, when... And and I know you say that just Tokyo flooded, but I reckon if Tokyo flooded, the ocean sort of line has raised, which means I'm sure other places have probably flooded as well. I can agree with that, yeah. But nobody gives a shit. No. Nobody gives a shit. Well, it's nature, you know. As long as that 15-year-old boy could save that other girl, because, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, well, because, I refuse. <laughs> but because it, because he saves her, he ends up being the perpetrator and the cause of what is probably, untold, hundreds of thousands, if not possible millions of deaths due to flooding. But just because he wanted to get his end wet, the entire world has to flood. It's just, it nagged me so much. And it, I'm, I'm going to drop it, but I absolutely just hated the fact that nobody, nobody gave a shit. There, there were small feelings of tension. I honestly think the person who cared the most was probably that cop or the child abductors. <laughs> <laughs> they seemed like they had the most going for them, honestly, as far as realistic emotion and care for the story was going. Uh... Or care for what happened in their fake world. But yeah, go, going from a, a movie which seems to put romance second or third, we move on to a silent voice or the shape of voice as it is in Japanese. Yeah. A movie that although appears to put personal feelings of romance first, ends without the romance being fully established. No, no, it doesn't. No. And just a, just a bit of a, a caution here. Uh, Silent Voice does deal with the subject of suicide. Yeah. So if, if you're uncomfortable talking about things like that or listening to things like that, maybe 
you should step back for a second and maybe read about it instead of or ignore it completely instead of tackling it too much but it, i think it's better to talk about these things than it is to hide away yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't deal with them in a too serious tone no but it is important to the plot like one of the things i'd probably give this film is that it definitely spends enough time that it doesn't feel drawn out, but not, like, short enough that it doesn't delve in deep. So it's like yeah. you see the fact that the main characters are going to go and do this, but you get the sort of, like, it doesn't draw it out like some sort of bigger films would, where it goes on for, like, 10 or 20 minutes of their mentality and them thinking, should I do this, should I not? It's literally, like, two or three minutes per scene well the end one's a bit longer but that's reasonable for the sort of setting that that scene's in and what actually happens during that one yeah but i'd also praise a lot of this film just based on pacing because it also deals with sort of like child bullying and sort of like the repercussions of um sort of destroying valuable equipment that's needed for like disabilities or hearing problems because, of course, another big theme about this film is that it does have a deaf female lead that uses occasionally some, like, hearing aids that can be expensive and stuff like that. Yeah. It does deal with ableism, in yeah. a way. Um, abuse of those impaired. Mainly because the able-bodied people couldn't understand, couldn't see things from her point of view, the deaf girl's point of view, mainly because they were children. And it is it is a story about maturing as an adult. Yeah. And, you know, seeking sort of forgiveness or repentance for things you've done in the past, from past regrets. Yeah. And it, it follows a main character who is wonderfully written, from my point of view. Um, it, when they're children, it is very, like, on the nose, very, you might say poorly written, but I think that as a child character, they're written quite well, because children don't think. <laughs> um, the story, let's just start off here, the story opens with the main character trying to kill himself by jumping off a bridge that he used to play at in his childhood. Yeah. Over his um, regrets as an adult of bullying this poor girl, being bullied, bullied back in return, hurting her feelings and her having to move school. Um, his whole life just has he sort of hasn't recovered from that throughout his entire life and it's, effect, it's affected his adulthood. So he saved up enough money to pay his mother back for hearing aid repairs. Hearing aids he destroyed as a child. Yeah, because he went through quite a lot of those, like fucking seven or eight separate hearing aids, which equivalent to like what was it like it was like 300,000 yen wasn't it yeah or was it yeah it was, it was a ridiculous amount um and he he's about to jump off the bridge when somebody lights off a firework or a firecracker or some sort of small explosive and it knocks him back to his senses and he realizes rather than give up i instead i'm going to seek out this person and try and atone for what I've done. I'm not like he's not seeking her out because he feels guilty. He's seeking her out because he realised he never tried to understand her, and that's what he's going there to do. A bit of bit of selfishness because he does obviously feel guilty. So there is that that bit where he feels like he doesn't deserve forgiveness because of the guilt. Yeah. But at the same time, he's trying to earn it by relating to this girl and understanding what she's going through. I think about that scene, um, the the bridge one where he's about to start to jump off. Hmm. With the way that that's cut. Like, uh, the way it sort of shows him walking, and then he stood there, then it snap cuts to him on it, and then snap cuts to him back off it. Like, jarring. It's not so much that it's jarring, but the way that conveyed to me is that the moment when it snap cuts to him on the railing wasn't mm. actually him on the railing. I saw that him as his thought process of, now that I'm stood here, this is what I'm going to do. And then the reason oh, it snap yeah. cuts back to him 
sort of still at the same spot and he's so shocked at the firework is because while thinking through the whole jumping off the bridge, committing the suicide thing, he gets sort of snapped back to reality by the firework, which is why it's kind of like he doesn't, like, to me, he stops in the same place, and then he starts from the same place, whereas I feel like if he actually got up on the railing and then got back down from the railing, he wouldn't have been sort of in the same relative space that he was. So just yeah, but... with, just with the way that was cut, I know a lot of people have seen it as him actually attempting it, but I saw it when I first watched it genuinely as that was him walking there, thought process, then being snapped out of it. I, I, I can enjoy that interpretation. Uh, I'm under the uh, interpretation that he was standing there and he was attempting suicide, because for me that carries greater weight for one yeah and two i would say the jump cuts were more of a production value thing where rather than spending 30 40 seconds of him climbing up onto the bridge which would have been like could have been emotional to watch but rather than waste that time at the beginning of the story like eating the best big mac you've ever eaten yeah it would have been unnecessary for the true plot yeah they're trying to establish that he attempted suicide, was knocked out of it, and then decided to go back and change his life. And I think that's what they're trying to establish there. So having him be uh, animated, doing all these other things, wasting precious time that could be used on the main plot, I, I, I believe that's why they had him jump cut. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I do I do enjoy your point of view. I hadn't considered that. That's just what it was. I mean, I know for a fact that obviously films can be interpreted in different ways. This is definitely one that's on a lot of people's like high ranking lists for like best anime films sort of of all time sort of thing um i feel like there's also a certain way people watch the film like i feel like yeah. it's always the same sort of starting middle and end when people talk about it but that's why i was kind of shocked when i first watched it because some of the scenes of this were spoiled beforehand for me because mm -hmm. i did watch a couple of uh, compilations in the past where i didn't know that this was the film i just know that there's scenes in this that happened in those so when i came into it i believe one of the scenes that i saw was sort of like the one where he just stood on the bridge and then it just sort of ends with him awake or something like that so mm. i expected it to be like that but when i saw the transitional cuts and stuff I, I was thinking no that is definitely more of a mentality cut but right it also doesn't, if he didn't attempt it, I feel like that does impact less with the ending because there's obviously the juxtaposition with the female lead towards the end in which that's cut and dry with when she does it. <laughs> like, she she obviously is really affected by the fact that she was obviously bullied a lot. However, she feel, she's filled with more self-hate than hate for other people. Yeah, it, the, the main male lead... Um, looks back at his past self and thinks that he no longer deserves happiness because he brought so much sadness on others, namely the, the female lead. Yeah. Where the female lead feels that, although because of her disability, I believe, that she was unable to communicate with others her feelings and such was mistreated because of it. So she hates herself and feels like she doesn't deserve happiness because she herself can't communicate with people and she sees herself as like the center of negativity so hers is more internal his is more external and it's something she can't change yeah it also makes sense with the fact that obviously in terms of the hearing aids and stuff like that i don't actually know how much hearing aids costs but i can assume if you're someone who was born deaf and has to use them constantly probably costs your family a lot of money 
So having to buy a new one sort of like nearly every week or every month for a school year is going to cost you tons, which is shown in this film. Yeah, especially if some punk-nosed douchebag keeps chucking him out the window. That's that's true. I mean, it it comes back to hurt his family with the fact that his mum finds out that he's been a fucking a little shit and pays back <laughs> the um, the deaf girl's mum full, like fully, and that's like all their well, savings. Not, not only in full, but returns the physical abuse also by allowing the mother to tear out her earring or tearing it out herself in an act. That could also reflect the fact that when he tore out one of her hearing aids that also caused her ear to bleed, that could also be... Oh yeah, it, it scarred her. She, she can't, I don't think she can't or refuses to now, wear a hearing aid on that ear throughout the entire story. She's only shown wearing one on her left ear, not her right. Yeah. And uh, that I will say that's, that scene when they were children and he was playing with the hearing aid, you saw, you saw the bullying progress and get worse and worse because of bitch girl not stepping in and just allowing it to happen on her behalf. The teachers definitely are in the room when most of this bullying is happening and absolutely refuse to do jack shit about it. Oh yeah, the, the, the teacher could not be bothered to do anything about it until the parents got involved. And I, I think that's just more about public school terrible teachers, more so a comment on a, um, adults' sort of life. Because the main point of the story I find in Silent Voice is the adults dealing with their pasts and moving on. Yeah. Because they are adults in this story. You know, they're turning 18. Whereas in um, Weathering With You, they all remain children, even the one that's lying. The main characters, the main good people, besides the skyfish, because obviously that's just nature taking course. Yeah. They are good people, are the children and all the adults seem to trip them up. And the kids are just trying their best, but the adults keep ruining things. Yeah. But yeah, in Silent, in Silent Voice, where the, the scene is where, you know, where they're throwing away the uh, hearing aids and it just progresses and gets worse and worse. The scene where he tears the hearing aid out and rips her ear... I don't know about you, but the first time I ever saw that, I sort of leaned back in my chair a little bit. <laughs> that sort of caught me off guard. I was angry. I was like, "Damn!" I, 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 I was, I was basically shit. like, "What a, what a fucking!" I was like, "Why?" Like, even some of the kids comment like saying, "Oh, that's gone too far." Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it shouldn't have got this point, like this far no. to begin the, the, with. The teacher is definitely partially to blame for not noticing this sooner and dealing with it, and. But when this happened, the teacher obviously did something because the parents got involved, but I don't think the teacher did anything as far as punishment goes. No. If I was a teacher in that situation, situation, I would have been livid. That that kid would not have seen daylight for a long time. He would have been in detention forever. Or probably not even at school anymore. Yeah, the kid would... I may have lost my job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Going back to the thing that I absolutely loved about this film, though, is that the pacing really doesn't last long on the things that are sort of like the more depressing or um, sort of life-altering stuff in a way that makes it feel like it's definitely trying to force a point. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't drag it on. No, because all this bullying stuff that happens out of, I think, it's an hour and 50, very close to two hours long. The movie... Yeah. The, the movie is two hours and ten minutes. Ah, right, okay. Um, where Weathering With You, I think, is about two hours and four minutes. Ah. Maybe. So they're, they're, they're almost equal in length. But the bullying scene only lasts like ten, if not fifteen minutes. It doesn't feel like it lasts long, does it? I don't know no. how long it actually lasts. I haven't timed that. But yeah, it, it establishes a point. And once it's made that point, it leaves you to go and think about it and moves on the story. Yeah. It doesn't blaze through it so you don't feel anything for the characters, but it doesn't take so long that you forget about what just happened. No. 
it and it keeps coming back to it as well in those scenes and the characters have obviously been affected by these like i was saying the uh, main female lead has a scarred ear and no longer wears a hearing aid on that side the mother who had her earring torn out she has a scar permanently there and doesn't wear an earring in sort of, of sort of like a reflection yeah in parallel to the uh the deaf girl and after cars in like a lot of problems for not just the girl that he bullied but some of his other friends as well he's yeah. Uh, developed like that phobia of not being able to look people in the eyes anymore yeah he was he after she left and he took all the blame for the bullying even though he wasn't the main well he was the main guy he, he was he was one of many perpetrators um he started being bullied by his now ex-friends who he used to bully the girl with and him being in the same situation gave him a sense of empathy yeah for her which he didn't feel before he he seemed to like her from the beginning, based on his surprise when he found out she couldn't hear, he was the only one who like had the big overreaction, like, wow, what? Yeah. You know, um, but he, he couldn't understand her, and because he couldn't understand her, kid was mean, and it just got worse and worse and worse, until it's no longer excusable as a kid not understanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after he experienced that bullying, he sort of shut himself off from the world, because he couldn't trust anyone, he felt like he didn't deserve anyone, let alone happiness, so everyone got crosses on their face, and he hid himself in his cocoon to keep himself safe but that in the end i think harmed him that's why he tried to off himself because he didn't even bother making any other friends after that at that point like he he just decided to single himself out he sort of became more of the weirdo outcast type as he started growing up and going to like new schools and stuff like that yeah he, he refused to communicate with people even the people he knew in the past that were at the same school he was growing up um he, he refuses to communicate with them and see them as people um yeah it, it's i think that's why this probably impacts a lot of people to begin with now i'm not gonna lie i do, while watching i didn't have any of the sort of big um impactful moments that a lot of other people who may have gone through some of this stuff or um sort of were bullied that badly or had a disability and got offend uh got sort of bullied for that um but just with the way, like, purely as a film, I can see why this has been so highly rated. Just yeah. because, even though the art and design of something like Weathering With You, which was made three years after this film, because mm-hmm. this film was, I believe, 2016, sometime in September or August. Uh, yes, I've, I've already compared Weathering With You, uh, the art style, to the art style of Your Name. Yeah. And Your Name came out one month before A Silent Voice. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was years ago. But uh, Your Name has amazing art as well. So um, around about that time of year, its art style was still slightly lacking compared to movies released around the same time. Yeah. Um, But I think it's not a bad looking movie at all. No, it's not. But I think the, the slight reduction in art quality is just in order to put more effort into the writing and the story and the plot and it pays for itself because that small reduction in art quality means nothing when you compare the substance yeah. of the of the story and plot to weathering with you and other similar movies yeah for me it doesn't hold the same emotional appeal no other movie holds the same emotional appeal to me so far as a silent voice has yeah I definitely enjoyed it as a film. Um, the emotional impacts and stuff like that affected me in a way that it made me either feel angry or sad. Um, I could connect with some of the bullying aspects in this film, but other than like not to a point where I was like, I got bullied that badly or whatever. It was just literally like I can sort of associate with some of this film's points, even though it's not to the extent that they went to. 
Mm-hmm. But it's when it comes to the art style and the stuff like that, it's sort of what the companies come to rely on as it is, and it's an art style that works. Yeah. Because it's made by, I believe, Kyoto Animation, which mm-hmm. is basically known for either doing school and slash or cutesy type stuff. Because they've obviously done the like Full Metal Panic, they did the Haruhi series, they did the most of, if not all, of the Clannad. Uh, uh, Clanad stuff. Clanad After Story, by the way. Good movie. Everyone should watch it at least once. Even if it's not canon. Yeah? Yeah. It's... That's that's another one I haven't that, seen. That, that so. was the first anime movie that nearly had me to tears. It was wonderful. Especially if you know the characters beforehand. The The series is tied into the movie, but the movie isn't canon as far as I'm aware. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, back, back to a, a silent voice. Yeah, for, for me, the bullying aspect didn't affect me too much. I was just angry at it. I didn't really yeah. experience that too much, but the, the sort of closing yourself onto the world, sort of depression slash suicidal part, yeah. that's something that I could relate to more. And it felt like they, they did it most mostly justice. Yeah. There are some that may say, oh, they, they made it a bit too lighthearted. It wasn't a serious tone as some others. And they didn't really go in depth as to the reasons. It was just sort of like, please don't kill yourself. Okay, I won't sort of thing. Yeah. But I think they're not looking deep enough into the characters, so they probably found characters they couldn't relate to, saw suicide and thought, wow, this is a serious issue, and then didn't really think about how the characters got there. So, I don't know, in my way, in my viewpoint, maybe they just had a bit of lack of empathy or sympathy for the characters at that point, um, seeing them as more, less like humans, well-written humans, and more as fictional characters. But yeah. for, from my point of view, I, I think they did it quite well, and it was something I could relate to, and it enhanced the story for me as far, uh, in an emotional perspective. Like, it definitely drove the point home that they were both affected with mental issues. I feel like they could have delved a bit more into maybe how she was dealing with things, even though I know for a fact that it points out enough to definitely get the picture, but I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people who probably just see her as the typical, like, oh, it's okay, I've moved on, I've just met you again after all these years, but I'd still love to be friends, sort of thing probably still throws people off a lot in terms of even thinking that she has problems other than the fact that, you know, her family sort of point that out, um, even based on the fact that she's clearly still struggling from not just this disability that she's got, but obviously her family doesn't deal with that as well as she seems to be doing, which means she's obviously putting on a strong face for them because she doesn't want to be the same burden that she believes she's always been. Um, like that's probably the bit that I emotionally drew to the most, even though I definitely didn't like her character as much as the male lead. Yeah, they they don't really show off her character as much, but no. I feel like by looking at the people around her and the actions, it tells you more about the character. Whereas yeah. the main character, we saw the backstory and everything we've seen is problems. The with um with the female lead, it's more about the people around her, like how the sister takes pictures of dead things. Yeah. And you don't realise until later the reason she does that is to try and deter her sister in her weird, wacky, childish way from offing herself because she knows her, her sister's going through a lot. Yeah, I... And they're, they're constant apologising by the female lead, which is yeah. which she does from the very beginning. So it shows that she's had this problem for a long time until she was chased out of the school. And that's when things, I guess, hit the worst for her. Yeah. I mean, the pictures of dead things. I mean, I get that she was young, but that's not going to make... Anyone feel better? No, kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. Going on a little bit sort of more towards the side characters and stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like as much as some of the side characters are good, 
I don't feel like much would have been changed if you removed the glasses girl and her boyfriend from the film. Yeah, yeah, they they didn't they didn't really add much to the the rest of the party. Excluding those characters, I believe the others felt like they had a personality. They felt less like stereotypes and they each felt like their own growing person and they do some of them do change as the series goes along, the characters from the past that is. I also would have preferred it if they didn't even introduce the old bully friends of the main character. Yeah. Well, like the, I, I believe they introduced the female one as if to be a bit of tension and to show the character fighting with their past selves. Oh no, the, the female one I'm fine with. She's, oh, okay. she's alright. Well, I mean the forced into meeting the sort of blonde-haired kid that holds the flag who's now running a hot dog oh. stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And then yeah. towards the end when he's like hospitalised or whatever, it's like, oh, well, the two friends that you used to have came back and helped you. And I'm like, no, they wouldn't have. <laughs> no, they wouldn't the, have. The, the girl probably would have. Like the girl She would always have. liked him, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, the hot dog stand man. I think at that point, the main character was slowly coming out of his shell because you see him removing the crosses from everyone's face, even the girl who he doesn't like. Yeah. Um, and then when she reintroduces him to Hot Dog Man, all those crosses instantly appear back again. So the, the character was making progress and she came and removed it all. And from that point onwards, the character's closed off again. And starts regressing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does regress. And I, I think I think the reason she was there was to make that happen. The reason those characters were there. I know, I just feel they're like... they're past douchebags. And it, it's a choice for him as well. Does he choose to go back to like he was and try and join everyone or try and move on with his life? And he obviously wants to move on because he refuses contact. See, I feel that would have been better if they just kept it between her, like the old female bully and him. Yeah. I feel like tagging on his old best friends in a way was sort of a small cop-out to make him regress. Because yeah. I feel yeah, like... I with those two being the two main quote-unquote bullies, like a male bully's perspective and a female bully's perspective, would have been enough with the fact that she's barely changed and he's changing a lot. Mm. Because I feel like they could have wrote some way for her to have an impactful solo conversation with him. Yeah. That would have made him regress, instead of it just literally being, oh look, here's an old friend, oh, now you've regressed again. Like, I feel like at that point, I was a bit like, maybe not. Let's let's not forget that that friend was the cause for him being bullied as a kid. I mean, in a way, yes. He was the re- he was his bully. <laughs> he was his friend who then became his bully after the deaf girl left, and he took all the blame for everyone. Yeah. So see, seeing the mastermind of your childhood woe right in front of you, that, w- that would make anyone want to regress back and just shut them out of their life. Well, it'd make me want to punch him in the face, but it wouldn't make me... Depending on your character. It yeah. wouldn't make me want to go, all these new people that have already impacted my life much more, I'm just going to slowly try and drive them away just from seeing this guy who's got a shitty hot dog stand job. And I'm like, I, I mean, I guess in some ways, sure. But at the same time, that only escalated because he went too far with the bullying anyway. 
Yeah. And obviously that sort of pisses me off with the glasses girl as well, because obviously the main theme with her is that, oh no, I didn't bully her. I was just along for the ride. And she has this whole yep. theme of her being like, I didn't do fuck all. And I'm like, I'm innocent. Why are you being so mean? And I feel like that's the only reason her character is included, is just to be yeah. the character that's like, oh no, I was just the tag along. Well, that doesn't fucking matter if you're just a tag-along. Yeah, the, the main circle of maybe four or five primary characters uh, are very well established, I think, and well written. But then you have a few, like her and the random boyfriend dude, and pff, whatever, who don't really add much. They're just there to expand the friend group yeah. and put in their two, two cents, ten cents, whatever, every so often. Because, like... Um, but the, the others, the others, I think, are quite well written, but there are exceptions. The others make sense, because you obviously yeah. have his best friend character, which... His first new friend... Yeah, which introduces the sort of making new friends. He's also the reason he gets more confidence to fully approach the female lead. Yep. That then establishes a connection with them. That also re-establishes the first girl that got bullied, which was like the photographer slash... No, not the photographer. The girl that first wanted to learn sign language when they were younger. Yeah, she comes back. Yeah. She got bullied for like the way she dresses and probably because she was like poor or something like that. Well, and because she was helping out the deaf girl. And because of that. So she got bullied just by association. Which establishes a link between, obviously, the main leads and her. It also gives sort of like a more outsider uh, look yeah. into things. Because obviously yeah. she was sort of kicked out halfway through the quote-unquote harsher bullying circle that happened. So she can obviously give more of an outside look of... You know, I wasn't strong enough to stay. I could have probably helped her out a lot more if I did stay. She probably feels a lot more doubts for being a coward or something like that. Like, she quotes herself as obviously being a lot stronger when on the inside she doesn't feel like she is. Yeah, she blames herself for running away when she could help her friend. And those characters are needed and are probably the best parts of the film. Whereas... Again, the old blonde bully guy, I feel like nothing would have really changed if you would have just made her talk with him instead. The glasses girl or whatever, she just pissed me off the minute she introduced herself again, so I didn't really like her character at all. A boyfriend was okay, he was there to be there, he existed. Yeah. Um... So that was pretty much it. He's sort of like the typical, I don't befriend bullies type of guy. Yeah. Stepping away from characters for a second, though, since since we've used a lot of time on those. Um, Should we talk about the romance aspect for a second? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the the female lead has developed feelings for the main character, and obviously it is a romance story. But as I mentioned in the introduction, it's not fully established. No. And I thought that scene was hilarious. The uh, the whole language barrier thing. Uh, and she the... changes her hairstyle. Puts on her ear and age because she wants to tell him with her own voice. Yeah. I don't know if you caught on to that, but like I said, her stuff is very external. It's about the people around her and actions, where his is all like inner grief. Um, so she has all these outward changes. She puts her hair up, she changes the way she looks, she puts her hearing aid in, she tries to speak instead of use sign language. Yes. Because she wants to tell him in her words how she feels. So she calls him to a place. Oh no. <laughs> I think the most cringeworthy and probably the most painful scene for me. Yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. <laughs> so, she, so she means to tell him that she likes him. She means to tell him like Daisuke or something. <laughs> she just goes, 
uh, ski. <laughs> and it's like, like, love moon. I, I love the moon as well. Like it's, moon, it's, how? <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. sexy uh, moon. <laughs> and asks, you know, do I speak weird? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Thought, well, that was brilliant. <laughs> I feel like, because me, I, I am also a fellow oblivious boy. I, and you do uh, speak weird. And I do also speak weird. But, buildings. but I also feel like I'd be the person who would bluntly tell someone that they would speak weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would probably give them the honest truth as well, because I care about them. So if they thought I speak weird, yeah, but that's not the point, because I'm <laughs> sure he was he was trying to say something else, but she got all uppity. <laughs> she's like, damn. Trying her best, obviously, because she's always been trying her best when she beat the shit out of them as kids. <laughs> the one thing that she says in her weird language is, I'm trying my best. Oh my god. You know, with her fake smiles that people couldn't understand, because she was hurting from back then. Yeah. So in the end... Although they do have their, like, small day, and he does rescue her from a failed suicide attempt, yeah. and then almost dies himself, it's, I don't believe the relationship is ever established as a romantic one. No. Until, like, I don't think even in the end of the movie it's not. No, I, w- I will say it doesn't get established. However, I found it absolutely hilarious when watching this film, because a bunch of the comments um, that I read after watching it were like, wow, he must not have his life straight because he proposed to her at the end. And a bunch of all the comments were like, did he? Did he propose to her? Wow, that's a bit of a (laughs) brash move. I mean, I know the ending happened, but pledging your life away in marriage right away is whatever. And then I saw one comment, which must have been the biggest galaxy brain there, that basically said, no, he just did the sign language for friends that they've used throughout the entire film. Which yeah. is the bit where he like uh, does the link thing with her hands, and he sort of like joins them up yeah. for the sign language of a friend. And apparently, everybody was just have gone brain dead by the end of the film or something. Yeah, because uh, you put your hands together for friend, and there was one part where they joined, where he like showed the little finger. Yeah, and that's that's obviously promise. <laughs> Everyone was just like... So they, they promised to be, like, friends or together forever. And I, and I was just like, wow. Because I saw the sign language for friends, and then I saw... Might be the dumbest thing, but I obviously saw a pinky swear, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah a promise, yeah, the pinky promise. And I, I wasn't sure if that, like, actually meant something different in, like, uh, sign language or anything like that. No, it means promise. <laughs> and I, I was just like, there's no way that that was a marriage proposal. Not, especially not after how they all react together when they're at the exactly. festival. Because I reckon if he, quote-unquote, would have proposed or whatever, hmm. they would have acted way differently at that festival. <laughs> they would have yeah. acted way yeah. differently. But it is... It's, it was a good film. Again, I don't much care for romances in these types of films, but I really did like the relationship between these two characters. And and admit it, you got the feels a bit. I, I told you, I said that at the beginning. I know, I know, but I just want to hear it again. Oh, okay. So <laughs> someone who doesn't like self-proclaimed does not like romance movies. Okay, so I did get angry and I did feel sad at points. Sad boy. Sad boy. Not tear boy. I didn't feel. I didn't. Oh, I, see, see, I, I, I was, I was, tear boy. You were what? You were waterfall. I, I had to go get some <laughs> tissues after. <laughs> to be fair, I probably got way more emotional at this film than I thought I would have ever done. Just because <laughs> usually with stuff like this, I usually find romances kind of boring. Just because I'm a big dumb action boy. But I genuinely found it to be some of the best character interact uh, interactions I've seen in a lot of media to begin with. Are you referring to, like, the the characters felt realistic and real? They didn't feel too out there and eccentric? 
realism is up there. Okay. I also just mean in sort of like anime media. Right. Because a lot of it does feel forced in a lot of stuff. But obviously he picks up the courage to stop this one kid from getting his bike stolen. But by doing that, he does the decision of just lending his bike out, which gets dumped in a field. I feel like that's something a lot of people might do when helping someone out is instead of just straight up defending them by like fighting or getting into an argument, it's I'll just offer up the same thing, even though I know for a fact it's never going to come back. Yeah, and it shows that the ex-bully is trying to avoid confrontation. Yes. Um, and, and obviously doesn't like bullies. Yeah, as well. So it shows the character growth that he's obviously learned from most of his mistakes from that. Yeah, and he feels bad for the, the other guy getting bullied, doesn't he? And he sees a bit of himself and the girl in him. And that's what leads to them becoming besties. Besties. Or whatever he calls them. Oh, I don't know. He's that Super typical best friends. <laughs> best friends club. But um, yeah, before, before we get to our final thoughts, I'd like to address just one last thing about a silent voice. Yeah. And that's the final 20 minutes. Okay. Final 20 or 30 minutes, which I would like to call the, the clean-up, the wrap-up of the story. Because, let's be honest here, the movie is really only about an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. The, the story completes in around that time. Are you talking about the festival included, or are you talking about the run-up to when he comes out of hospital? For, from the point where he is essentially, where he comes out of hospital until the yeah. end. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because they do this thing where each of the characters are left to their own devices without the main character there, yeah. and each of their lives go on, and you find out in the end that not only are some of them still hanging out after, you know, Deaf Girl gets them all back together, but the bitch has started secretly learning language, sign language, you know? The yeah. main character has come out of his shell. They're all friends again, and it, it all just gets... Like there, there are small little bits here and there where things slowly get neatly wrapped up. Yeah, tied with a bow. And um, from one point of view, the movie ended 10 or 20 minutes ago, or 20 or 30 minutes ago, and could have ended there. Yeah. But it would have been very open-ended for the plot and for the characters. And by ex- by extending the movie an extra 20 minutes to have this clean-up and wrap-up of all of the side characters, it shows that they put a lot of effort and a lot of thought into each individual in this story. Yeah. That's what I feel, especially since the main character still needs to get over his shell and come out of his shell, so to speak. But I, I feel like the writers put effort into... I don't, I don't feel like they extended it for the sake of it, but from some people's point of view, they might think, romance story's over, bam, okay, that's it. And yeah. they might see the extra as filler. And it is kind of filler. It's a wrap-up of, of the story. All the plots come together, plots are over, what's happened after, everyone's got back together and it's all happy and good and fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that, but I've, I've seen things where people have mentioned how those final few minutes for them were boring and tedious and unneeded and i can see where they're coming from but i feel like it shows care for the story whoever like the people that created this movie i think it shows care that they would wrap it up to make it two hours they didn't need to the festival bit which is the 20 minutes sort of tying the bow wrapping it up Mm-hmm. I kind of like that just because even though it happens like a couple of weeks or a couple of months after this sort of big incident happens, it's kind of like a nice where are they now sort of thing. It is, yeah. It's an, it's an after story built into the movie. Because up until then, the main character has regressed. He sort of sends all these new friends away except for the deaf girl. Then... You know, the whole thing happens where she she pretty much jumps, but he uses his big manly man strength to pull her back up in terms, quote-unquote, sacrificing himself, because he falls down instead. 
Yeah, he, he pulls a bit too hard and throws himself over at the same time he pulls her up. Which is one of the scenes that I ended up seeing before I watched this film, which is why that might not have had such a big impact on me, which is kind of a shame, but yeah. uh, that's just how it went. The the whole suicide and how, she, how the deaf girl was feeling is uh, pretty obvious in the previous scene, where the, the, where the guy tries too hard after splitting everyone up, yeah. and the uh, deaf girl feels responsible for the guy that she loves that she hasn't been able to admit to yet, the guy that she cares for sacrificing his happiness for her when she feels like she doesn't deserve it and she is a problem and it, it, it does make sense we didn't really touch on that but it it, 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 it is it, there it there is a reason sense. for this rather than just her feeling sad about herself from the past no like it's it's uh, as you sort of watch the film you realize that all like the main two characters are definitely built up to be not just relatable but have actual sort of real problems that many people will face yeah. so she's always feeling like she is a obstacle in front of other people like people have to try to be around her people have to try and do things for her and whenever they do for some reason it always seems to end up backfiring or going horribly for them which in turn makes her feel like she's the problem thus having years of this ever since being a child has caused her to be sort of emotionally distressed thinking that if she doesn't live anymore then the problems go away while she isn't in a shell of her own she does distance her distance herself from other people in a similar yeah. way it's shown that she doesn't have any friends besides her own sister yeah like even when you see her inside of like the classroom or whatever she's mainly sat on her own mm-hmm. and even then her sister doesn't help that to begin with since when the main character now granted this might just be because he was her old bully but it also sort of introduces that she's trying to defend her sister from potential threats, which in a way could also be obstructing her yeah. from potential friends or social interaction that she could be having to help improve said mental health. Yeah, that, as we mentioned before, her younger sister is a child still and was yeah. much younger when she decided to do the silly photographs of dead things. So she she cares and she thinks she's helping, but at the same time she might be pushing pushing away people that actually care. Yeah. And it does take her a while, a while to realize this, but she does. She does great. She does. But yeah, yeah. The main point I was trying to make is that ending piece. Some people love it and hate it, and the it, a movie can be made without it. But I feel like it wraps up the movie in a nice, clean, neat way and is better for it. I think the ending should be there. Yeah. Because you have this really good scene of him lifting up his head and all the crosses sort of drop into the floor which is a really good and sort of powerful scene for his character as well as other people. Mm. In, in a way, I do think that the film, like with them ending it on the bridge where I feel like a lot of people do <laughs> think the official ending should be, yeah. I think that sort of would have just ended way too abruptly, in my opinion. What about the other characters? Yeah, Yeah, but out of the two films, this one I would actually probably watch again. And unlike Weathering With You, I can definitely understand why this film is as high as it is yeah that while i see weathering with you as more of the a very light romance if you're not the sort of person to enjoy romance movies as much as others then i think it's a good beginner um especially if you're more into great visuals yeah the characters aren't as well written the story isn't as well written but the 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 supernatural elements are great and the art is some of the best i've seen in an animated movie and it's if you if you're within the demographic so you're like a teens late teens sort of thing um where the movie is a commentary sort of on young life running away finding yourself 
I think Weathering With You would really hit a lot more people harder if they were inside that demographic and if the movie more clearly showed who the demographic was. Yeah. Um, but saying that, as far as romance movies go, A Silent Voice is up there for me as the number one. Yeah. Um, some may say the bullying aspect may be taken a bit lightly throughout the whole movie and they don't talk enough about the suicide aspect or the disability slash ableism part but at the same time there's a lot to fit into this movie and the movie's a romance based around those the movie isn't um a movie about disability or a movie about suicide with romance tacked on romance comes first and i feel like they use these sensitive subjects and elements to really push the story forward and they didn't abuse it to the point where it was there for just like effect yeah. That while the art style is not as good as Weathering With You, it is still great. It is still great. But the characters, the scenes, the pacing, the story, everything else is far superior. And I, I would easily rate this the, the number one romance movie. And you should definitely, if you have a choice, you should definitely watch Silent Voice if you prefer romances. And watch Weathering With You if you prefer the more action supernatural side with minimal romance. Yeah, I was going to say, even with me being a person who's not particularly into romance films just because i'm not gonna lie i actually do find a lot of them to be really boring which is why i don't watch a lot of them because any of the ones that i have seen in the past have either like done something else while watching them or played games or something else just because i lost interest really quickly for me to end up preferring something like a silent voice or the weathering with you shows more about how strong the actual storytelling is from the differences like i feel if you want a sort of more fun definitely more light-hearted but still sort of as you know the beautiful direction and the hint of a romance one like you said definitely <laughs> watch weathering with you but even someone like me who's just not into romance films i absolutely love the silent voice granted i do think it was more due to the fact that it tackled the harsher sort of realities of the whole suicide thing and the uh, dealing with disabilities and meeting people and stuff like that like to me i feel like the romance is definitely the strongest one in a silent voice but it wasn't what impacted me the most in this film mm. like it was definitely sort of like how the characters came together i like the idea of dealing with past shit and overcoming that i like the idea of the fact that it doesn't hold these any supernatural element even though i absolutely love anything to do with supernatural elements but i love the fact that it does deal with those real life issues a little bit a lot more and it helps you just create a world in which the story connects with these sort of issues and helps develop the romance at the same time while also having a really good balance of light-hearted moments and the serious issues and just on a pure film basis, the pacing is a lot better than Weathering With You. There's no pompous circumstance. All the characters definitely felt not just more relatable, but more sort of fun to watch, even when they're going through their serious moments. It's like they've definitely done the writing really well. And overall, if I did sort of have to rate these films, I'd say Weathering With You is definitely a 7 whereas A Silent Voice is like 9.5. It's close to a 10. Yeah, I, I would put um, Silent Voice. I would give it a 10 if it wasn't for those tiny nagging issues, which was the last 20 minutes, which are, I like them, but they're still, still pretty contested over whether or not that was a good idea. And possibly the art direction, which isn't perfect. And the two characters that we mentioned before that were just 
slapped in there. Yeah. Those those are very small issues considering how great the story is. So I would give it maybe a nine point five, maybe slightly lower. I believe I've given it a nine on Mal. Yeah. And I've given Weathering with You an eight, which I thought was generous. Yeah. Because I was tempted to give it something lower because of the pure sellout nature of the movie. Thinking about what you said about Silent Voice of the intertwining of the romance within, I'm, I might have to revise um, my previous opinion opinion of the romance coming first in a Silent Voice, and maybe say it's tied with the story and the personal development of the characters because you, you made some valid points there and it's, it's, it would be kind of weird if Weathering With You was the uh, inferior movie in romance as well given that it was the only one that had a romance since the silent voice never establishes the character's relationship but it still is much better because yeah. <laughs> it sort of ends with uh, the ambiguity of their romance at the end even though it's very heavily skewed towards them still getting together anyway yeah, it's sort of inferred. Yeah, it's just the fact that it's never genuinely stated, which is kind of refreshing, to be honest, because I feel like a lot of the romance stuff ends up heavily implying, like, oh, they ended up together, and that's sort of really nice and sweet and stuff like that. But in a way, they've still got their issues to deal with, which, despite how much they may like each other now, doesn't instantly mean that they are going to get together. Yeah, and... I think that's all for our final thoughts. Yeah. Regarding both these. Um, like I said, watch them both. They're both great. They are both depending good. on what you're looking for and which demographic you fit. You may prefer one over the other. Who knows? There's a high chance you might love weathering with you over a silent voice, depending on yeah, what type yeah. of person you no, are. No judgment. You prefer what you prefer, you know? Let us know, actually, which uh, film you do prefer. It'd be interesting just to find out any sort of deeper connections both of these films have with the individual like what did you get more out of weathering with you than you did a silent voice stuff like that it'll be interesting to learn about and don't forget to give us some suggestions for future episodes that's it and it can literally be anything as long as it's something that we can do a relatively long episode about um but any suggestions we'll take into consideration and we'll love to just get any feedback on how to improve going forward yeah in terms of what we do have next week, though, we're going to be doing B-movies. So, low-budget, sort of um, tacky slashes, not including famous B-movies. We're not going to be doing stuff like The Room. Or Birds, Birdemic, Sharknado. But to find out what we are actually reviewing, you'll just have to tune in next week. Yep, see you then. Whoop whoop! whoop.